You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. How's everybody doing this morning? Are we awake this morning? Okay, well, let's get our Bibles out because we've been doing some work and we're just going to pick it up right where we left off. Right where we left off, we've been in a series on what we believe is a church. We've been going through the foundational things of, of not just as a big C church, but as our church, what we stand on, what is our internal doctrine that we stand on as a church, meaning these are the things that we believe. We didn't come up with them. We didn't say, you know what, let's take some of this and some of this. We got over the word and said, yep, that's what the word says, so what? We believe it. That's what we stand on. These are the foundations we stand on. And why do we have to have those things? And I let, let me let you in on something. If I sound like a broken record for the next handful of weeks, which I, just so you know, if you've been here long enough, I've sounded like a broken record for 13 years, okay? And it's probably not going to change. It's probably not going to change. But if I sound like a broken record, I am trying to drill this into us so that we are mature in our faith. So that we can not only just be people that come to church, but that can explain our faith. So that we can have a reason for the hope that we cling to, right? And not even just like, yeah, I love Jesus, but understanding what it means by the authority of God, which is what we started with. Talking about the Bible, which was next, was the the plan of God revealed to us, right? And then after that, we jumped into uh, the, the word becomes flesh, which is Christ. And being able to explain that. And yeah, I just follow this guy, Jesus, but who is he? Why does he have a right to your life? Well, let me tell you. He was the word that became flesh. Oh, and let me tell you about the word. The word reveals God, who has the authority of all things. That's why we do what we do. So how do I respond to that? Man, I'm glad you asked that. You just repent and be baptized. And we can explain that. Okay, but now what? But now I'm lost because I'm still doing this under my own power. No, you're not. We have the Holy Spirit that was promised. And he said, I'm sending one after me. And he's going to empower you to be my witnesses, to do everything that you do. Do you see why we're building this case? We, we've got to be able to tell this story on our own. Uh, I, the, the answer for, for Freedom Church, I can only speak for our church, should never be if somebody comes to you and begins to talk to you about church or talk to you about God, your response to them is, well, you should just come to church. No, you are the church. You're there. Let's do our jobs. And that's why we're doing this. And so we're going to pick it up today actually talking about us, the church. What do we believe about this thing, this weird gathering on a Sunday morning or Saturday night or Tuesday, whatever? This weird gathering, what what do we believe about this? What do we believe about this structure? What does the Bible say? How does the Bible define this structure? And then what's its purpose? And then why is it so important for us to know this? Because of how it shapes us and how we operate and interact with the church. That's what we're talking about today. Is that fair? Yeah. All right, so let's pray before we jump into this. Father God, we thank you so much. Father, we thank you. Before we even begin to talk about it, we thank you, number one, for the creation and the plan uh, uh, through all eternity of the church. 
I'm thankful for the body that uh, you've weaved me together with. I'm thankful for the people that you've surrounded me with. I'm thankful that this was a part of your plan. And I get to be a beneficiary of it. Father, today as we get over this, we ask and we thank you that your Holy Spirit is here enlightening your word to our hearts. It's also checking us. It's also... He's also messing with us and going, you need to see this. You need, to, you need to be aware of this. You need to walk to life. You might even be convicted by something. Okay, repent of that. Father, let it be so. Let our ears be open and our hearts be receptive today. And let us never be the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. So let's start here. We're going to be real practical today, all right? And then we're going to paint a picture of, at the very end, we're going to paint a picture of, of kind of why this is so important. Because I could just give you the kind of the informational pieces and the doctrinal pieces of what the church is and how God defines it. But if we don't understand why and see the causes of why it's so important, then we'll miss and we'll continue to do the same pattern that I think that the church is kind of in. And that includes this church, all right? So let's do this first. Let's define the church. Biblically define the church. I need you to see this. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 1. And for those of you that are note takers, forgive me again. We're going to be going through a lot, of, a lot of passages, not as many as last time. But I need you to see this. We're not just grabbing five words after a comma. We're not just grabbing one sentence and a multitude of sentences. We're seeing that this is how God's plan was unfolded. And it involves you. Ephesians chapter 1, starting in verse 22 and 23. Let's just start there. And it says this. And God placed all things under his feet. Who is his? Who's he talking about? You can say this out loud. This is one of those times in church that you can actually respond, and it's an easy one. Who is his feet? There we go, okay? And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him, talking about Jesus, to be the head over everything for the church, which is his body. Underline that. How many of you that is new revelation? I would doubt I would see a hand that goes up. How many of you know that the Bible defines us as the church as the body of Christ? Right? How many know that already? Everybody say, I am the body of Christ. Everybody put your hands on your head. This part up here, this is Jesus. Everything else, that's the body of Christ. He's the head right? He guides everything, sees everything, decides where we go, what we do. That should be the format of that. And then the body responds to the head's leading, right? Okay, that's simple stuff. This is felt board stuff, but you need to see this. Verse 23, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills every, uh, I'm sorry, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Now, why are we starting here? Well, I want you to see this because I want you to understand something. The church was not an idea that we came up with. Meaning, it wasn't like after the book of Acts, right? Peter stands up, Jesus is gone now, the Holy Spirit has been poured out. It's not like all of a sudden what happens is, 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 is the guys go, okay, well, what should we do? 
well, 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 should we just gather together? Should we get together? The plan and the purpose of everything was, was started from the beginning. Meaning that God in creation, in the beginning, already the word was there. It connected to him. Are you following me on this? They were together in this. And the plan was for the word to be revealed. The word to become flesh in Christ. Christ to leave. And then for the now, the church to be used as the thing that reveals this. So what I'm saying is, is you need to understand what you are doing right now was ordained from the beginning. This is not man's idea. This is not an idea that we just said, you know what? We got to get some people in some buildings. It's easier to take an offering. It's easier to keep up with people. We got to get them in here. No, we've got to gather together this body, right? Not this building, this body, this gathering of believers is ordained from the beginning in Christ. And you need to see this. The authority of God put Christ as the authority of this. So what is the head of the church? What do we, what do we just say? Jesus is the head of the church, right? We are the body. He has all authority. So that means, and that should give you biblical foundation, whether you are in this building or whether you are in somebody else's building, if Christ doesn't seem to be the authority in the house, leave the house. Do you hear what I just said? If Christ isn't the central head of the house, then it's not a church. Let me say that again. I don't care if they meet on Sundays. I don't care what's in their, in their website name. I don't care what it is. If Christ isn't the central driving factor and the authority by which they do everything, it's not a church. Gathering here at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday does not make us a church. Being the body of Christ and him being our authority is what defines us as a church. Are you following me on this? It's important. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. I want you to see this now. Now let's go to the, to the biblical defining. We're going to see this, in, and, and I won't read through all these. I, I, I keep you here all day. But 1 Corinthians, you're going to see this in 1 Corinthians 12, in 12 through 27. You're going to see it in Romans chapter 12, 1 through 8, that we are the body of Christ, that, that the church, how he defines us. You're going to see this. And, and what's so beautiful about this is what you see in these passages, what you see in these passages is that the focus is, is that the body is made up of different parts, meaning that, that we are all brought together. And, and they use the, the analogy of the body because it is so different, yet it's connected to one thing, connected by one thing, right? My, my hand is different than my foot, right? My knee is different than my elbow. They might look the same and they have the same flesh covering, but they are different. But what binds us together what binds us together, whether Jews or Gentiles, whether toes or ears, whether knees or feet, is the central focus that Christ is our authority. That is the binding element of the body. And the beauty of this is this, and this is something that we have to come to reality with, is, is Mike is different than me. Eric is different than me. What his role in the body might be different than me, right? Like I could lead, I could do what Eric does, right? I, I mean, who do you think taught him? I've been working with him and stretching him, and no, 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 man, it's like whoa, 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 like that. It's like, we've been working on these things, right? 
I could do that, but I know my place, right? That's not my role. We all have different things. And why, the reason I say that is because of this. We're not all trying to come into a space and turn into one person, meaning me. I've seen this a lot. You, you, see, you see because if you go into a church and, the, and, and, and everybody, they see the pastor, they see who's up in front of them, and they go, I've got to be like that guy. I've got to talk like that guy. I've got to sound like that guy. Right? They even copy their tones after that guy. Like whoever has the microphone, we just copy what they do. We've seen that through the generations, right? We've seen that through the generations. Well, how did that start? Well, somebody saw them do that, and they did that. They, somebody saw them do that, and then they did that. And so what I want to make sure that we understand is, is that God's not looking for us to come in and to become a clone of me. Thank God you don't want to be a clone of me, right? You want to have free time and not have to iron things, and, and right? And, and you don't need an addiction to vacuuming. You don't want that. Right? That's not what you want in your life, even though it's holy. Right? But you're not trying to come here to be a clone. The reason I tell you that is because there should be some freedom in that. Like, there should be freedom in the fact that when Mike sits there and goes, well, I don't do what Pastor Chris does, that makes him free knowing I don't have to do what Pastor Chris does. I am, I am who God created me to be a part and play the role I am in this body. But what happens is, is if we don't have that mindset, like if we don't have that mindset, Mike might look at me and go, well, I'm not like him, so I must be less. I might not, I might not be enough because I'm not like that. No, that's the lie of the devil. That's the lie of the devil to try to elevate one part of the body or one aspect of the body over another. And yet the Bible says in, in Corinthians over and over again, we're not going to elevate one over the other like they're all equal. In fact, it says when one mourns, they all mourn. When one celebrates, we all celebrate. Right? And I can champion Mike's gifts. I can champion Mike's uh, abilities because I don't have those. I don't have those. My, we came in, me and Mike came in here the other day. And we were organizing that closet. I was in a happy place because we were throwing stuff away. I was so happy, right? And we were organizing that. And me and Mike decided to put these paint cans up on this shelf. And the shelf started to bow. And I just thought, I was like, well, we'll just pray, right? And Mike was like, no, I've got a skill set that will fix that. And I'm like, I don't have that skill set. And he's like, really? And I was like, well, I don't like your tone, okay? I'm like, Mike apparently gets sassy after about three hours of manual labor. I didn't, I didn't appreciate that, okay? And so Mike goes, I'm going to come in, and he's, gonna, and he's got such a servant heart. Mike, shut it. Nobody, you guys, nobody would know about this. None of you would be like, oh, that matters. No, but Mike came in, embraced that thing, put a bracket on thing, locked it, used power tools, I'm assuming, put metal pieces and wall and drywall things, and that thing doesn't bow anymore. And it has nothing to do with his skill set of, of, of that, of carpentry and whatever, plumbing. I don't know what he did back there, right? But that has nothing to do with that. It's the heart of how he serves. Right. Like, he's just like, man, that's what I do, so I'm going to do it well. I'm going to do it unto God because I see my place in the body. I'm not less than, and I'm not trying to do this to become more of. I'm just going to do what God's given me, and I'm going to do it well for the benefit of the body. But man, the lie of the enemy just sits there and says, oh yeah, you don't speak like him, you're not like him. You're not good enough. And I don't know about you, but I've heard this message on the haves and the have-nots. 
And we don't believe that here. We don't believe that what is on this stage is halves and what is out here in, in, the, in the cheap seats, right? And they are cheap seats, right? I don't remember charging anybody, right? But they're not the haves and the have-nots. No, no, no. This is all of the haves. But all of our haves and our abilities are different. That's a big deal because I'm trying to give you some freedom so that the enemy can't warp you into thinking that until you're like me, you can't step into your calling. That's a lie. That's a lie. Man, you are called now with your abilities and your giftings. Now. Now. Let's move on. You still with me? This is important stuff. We're going somewhere here. I want you to see this because now we're going to get into our purpose. What's our purpose? I know what our purpose is. Potluck dinners, right? And luncheons and meetings and women's meetings. And then we're going to do building things. And we're going to, That's our purpose. Nowhere in the Bible. Not that any of those things are wrong, especially potluck dinners, right? But nowhere in the Bible does the Bible define the church as that is it's our purpose. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10. And this is about to terrify you. We're about to get into some terrifying stuff. Do you hear what I just said? Some terrifying stuff. Some of you are going to go, wait a second. I didn't know I signed up for that. <laughs> yep. It comes with the role, right? Ephesians chapter 3, starting in verse 10, says this. This intent was that now... I'm sorry, his attempt, intent, was that now through the church, through who? The church. I'm sorry, what? The through the pastor? No. Through the prophet? No. Through the evangelist? Through the teacher? No, no it says through the, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let me unpack that just for a moment so you're terrified like me. We are in now what you would call the church age, right? So prior to the church age, before the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts. And why does that mark this age? Because before that, before the Holy Spirit was poured out and said, I am coming to dwell in this temple now, the Holy Spirit was just here randomly. He would come on people to speak. He would do things to, to operate in, but he was never permanently here. We are in what we call the church age. It started in the book of Acts, and it will end when the church is raptured away. And that means taken away to heaven. Yeah, we're crazy. We believe that the church is going to be caught away. Why? Because the Bible says it. Okay? And so we are in that age. Now, prior to this, prior to the church age, God would send and use his Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Spirit to come on prophets, on kings, to reveal truth, he would speak to men. He would say, that's the guy who's going to say my things, to give my law. That's going to be in this age. That's how I'm going to get my authority and how I'm going to be revealed. <laughs> he changed all that. All of a sudden, that changed. All of a sudden, we're now in this church age, and he goes, okay, I'm going to use them. I'm going to use them to do what? To reveal me. That's terrifying. Because I sit there and I look and I go, me? This guy? And then I turn around and I look around and I go, 
this group? <laughs> I've met us. And you chose in your great wisdom before time began to, to choose in order. This wasn't an afterthought. Are you sure you want to rethink this, right? Can't you just sin like another Moses? Can you sin? Can you anoint another God? Can you bring another Abraham? Something like that? No. No. I'm going to reveal my glory and my aspect and the fullness of what Christ did, as Ephesians would say. The fullness of Christ. What am I going to uh, uh, reveal it in? Us. That's terrifying. It's terrifying. I don't know any way else to say that. When you realize that, that part of you believing in Christ, now the responsibility, thankfully not under our own power, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, part of our purpose as the church, actually our defining purpose is in our brokenness. We reveal the love of God. In our, in our faithfulness, we reveal our faithful Father. In, in our obedience to Him, calling us unto life, we reveal, we reveal in our life the, the fruit of obedience. Right? We're, we're no longer waiting for God to say, I'm going to do this, I did that, and now it's done. And he just does it. Now he goes, I want you to do this, I want you to be obedient, and in your obedience, I'm going to show somebody else around you what I look like and my faithfulness in you and my goodness in you, and I'm going to show, you my, show off my love in you to the world around you. Guys, that's heavy. Like, that's heavier than just what do you do on Sundays. Ah, uh, me and the fam go to church. 10 a.m., yeah, we love it. It's got good coffee, good seats, good fellowship. We go, to, we go hang out after church and we get together. You know, we go to lunch afterwards. No, all of a sudden we begin to see the weight of this. The weight that this body is not just a gathering of broken people. This body is an ordained group of people ordained to be the revealers of the goodness and the fullness of God. And here's the beauty. Let's go back to the body part. If Mike tries to be like me, then the peace that God wants to reveal through Mike to the world around us doesn't get revealed because Mike's trying to be me. But God is going to use Mike and Mike's makeup and his skill set to reveal whatever he wants to reveal in his fullness through, the, through him. Now all of a sudden, are you starting to see the importance of why we need each other? I can't, I'm not designed. Let me explain this. As your pastor, as a man, I'm not even fully designed to reveal the fullness of God. I need, it was ordained for me to need Julie, for me to need Kai and Megan and Son, and to gather these people around me and be connected to them. Why? So that I can be a part of revealing the fullness of God. Are you following me on that? Is that all of a sudden starting to change how we begin to look at, at, at our purpose? Well, let's keep going. Are you still with me? Huh? All right. Now I want you to see this. Obviously we know this. If I ask you to go to your Bibles in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. I want you to go there because I'm giving you another shot at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11 through 12, and we'll just focus on 18 through 20. If you don't have this underlined in your Bible, what are you doing? 
Because he defines the ministry of the church. He defines the ministry of the body of Christ of not only being the great revealers of the fullness of God, but he also says, and I've given you this job. As Christ reconciled you, your job now is I've given you what? The ministry of reconciliation. Meaning it is your job, it is your job in revealing the fullness of my authority, the fullness of God. It is your job now to, re- to be a, a, the ministry and take on the ministry of reconciling. Just as I've reconciled you through the death of Christ, your job now is to reconcile those that are broken and far off to Christ. All of a sudden our potluck dinners and our meetings and our children's programs and all of these things, all of a sudden the weight of them begin to fall. All of a sudden they begin to fall and begin to begin to come almost like, is that, are we doing what we're called to do? Because the Bible said I'm called to be a part of a body that reveals the fullness of Christ and to be a minister of reconciliation. Not just get together with a group of people that I like. Not just to get together with a group of people that I like to hang out with and do life with and go to lunch with and our kids play t-ball together and, and we're already in this community so it's a good way to be a part of the community. That's not church. That's not how the Bible defines church. And the reason why, and we're going to get into this now, the reason why it's so important for us if we don't have this defined in us of what we are a part of, it's going to allow you or it's going to cause you to then to treat this body that God's wired you in with very flippantly and very self-centeredly. It's amazing how we, t- how we treat the body that we are ordained to be wired to, how we can just treat it. Because if I don't have this as bedrock of what this is and my role in it, then I might just treat it like this. You know what? I don't dig this social setting. I'll go find another social setting that meets on Sunday mornings and hang out with them. Because they're cooler. They're younger. They look like this. They do these things. They've got better donuts. They've got more kids uh, face painting on their, on their kids. We'll go there because that meets my social needs. You follow me on this? Because you haven't got it bedrocked in you that you've been ordained to be wired into a body that God said, this is where you're supposed to be. Do your part. But if we don't have this, we'll treat it like, no, this is about me. Now, let let, let me use this analogy and then I'm going to let you go. Because I need to paint this picture of what our problem is and and to make sure that you see this. I want to try to change this dynamic. Ryan, can I help get your help just for a moment here? Eric, can I ask you for your help real quick? I'm going to use this really silly analogy to explain this, okay? And why we're so confusing and why it's so important for us to have this as bedrock. If you could take that off. Can you just hold that up? Can you hold this one up? And you know what? You can kind of just put that one on. I don't know where it came from. Can you put that one on? Come over here and stand right here. It, it's, 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 they're clean. They're clean. I want you to see this. I want us to, to paint this picture. Come over here so they can see you. You see the guys? I, I want to paint a picture of why it's so important and where most people struggle with the analogy or, or understanding their role in the church. Because this is, what, this is what happens. This is how, right, this is how people come to church, right? I mean, in St. Louis, this is how people come to church, right? This is sexually Sunday attire 
at church. I'll just be honest with you, okay? Especially in that 2019, 2020 window. This was, guys were preaching in this stuff, okay? All right? But this is how they come to church. They've got their own team that they root for, right? And they're different. He's got an LSU hat on. He's got a Carolina Panthers hat on. They're all on their own teams. They come to church. This is prior to coming to Christ. And they come to church, and, and they've got their own things. They've got their own things they support. And then all of a sudden, they come to church. And something happens. And it's awesome that it happens. Here's what happens. What happens is is they come to understand the glory of God. They see themselves as broken men, and they see a good God, and they see a way that God made, which was through repentance, and they do that. They repent, and they give their lives to God, and this is what happens. Can I take this off? We're going to give you this one. We're going to give you the sparkly one, all right? I'm just going to let this picture set in. If you want to get your phones out now, this would be a good time. All right? All right? So I want you to see this. Let, let me paint this picture of why this is important to see this. These guys come in. They've got their own teams. They've got their own ways. But what they did was they were told Jesus is the way. They're broken and they need to repent. So they do that. They do that. And they change their, their headship. Right? They change the team that's on their head. Are you following me on this? And so there's a bunch of guys now sitting out in the building, right? They've all got different jerseys on. They've all got different teams, but they're all wearing the same hat. They would all tell you, yep, we support the Cardinals. Yep, we support the We're big fans. Yep, the Cardinals are on top. That's our team, right? But the reality of it is what's so confusing What's so confusing is, is, is the world around us sees we're being led. This is our team. But when they look at your life, they're seeing different things that don't line up. They're seeing a jersey that doesn't support that team. Are you following me on this? The shirt and the hat don't line up. So you have churches, churches full of people with the headship of Christ, but are still confusing to the world because there's no unity, even though these are the same jerseys. Don't beat this analogy up, okay? It's what we had. But it's so confusing because, because it's different. It's, they, they line up different. He's home, he's away, or whatever that is. I'm not a hockey guy, right? Away or home. So he's a home guy, he's an away guy. They've got the same headship, they still follow Christ, and they're sitting in the same building on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. They've even got their family now, and all their family are wearing Cardinals hats. But each of them have a different jersey on. And we wonder why this is so confusing to the world. Yeah, yeah, we get that you go to the church, we see the hat, but everybody that walks out of here walks out of here supporting their own team. They're all doing different things. They're all different. They all got different focuses. This guy wants to go do this. This guy wants to go do this. This person said, you know, I, I know they all came from the same church, but that person was kind of nice. That kind of person was kind of a jerk. They were rude. They're, they're, they're struggling in the marriage. They're not. All these different things. There's just different teams that's going on here, and it's confusing. It's very confusing. And the reason being is because we've sold lordship, we've sold headship of the authority of the body, but because Ryan, follow me on this, this is where we're going, because Ryan and Eric only see the church through a selfish lens or through the eyes of him, he doesn't see the need to be in unity with anybody else because this is his walk. This is his thing. 
I'm going through my thing, right? I don't see the value in being connected to anybody else. Why? Well, because I, I got the right hat on, and so you just let me wear whatever jersey I want. That doesn't really matter. That's my thing. No, 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 it does matter. Hold on just for a second, guys. Are you still with me? So now let's look at this, because I, I want to answer this question. Where do my glasses go? Anybody see my glasses? Oh, here they are. All right, here we go. Sorry. You should have seen me on the boat. All right, Romans. I want you to go there. Romans chapter 12. No, 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 I'm sorry. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, but we're going to just read 1 through, uh, 1 through 3. I want you to see this. Ephesians chapter 4. It says this, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. By completely, uh, by completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. Now follow me on this. Paul is going to say here, listen guys, I need there to be unity in the body. Not just lordship of Christ, but unity in the body. This is a big deal. And then we see this in Romans chapter, Romans chapter 12. Let's go there real quick. Are you still with me, guys? You, you, can you hang with me for a second? You good? You guys got to see this. It's too good. Romans chapter 12. Let's just see this. Follow me on this. In verse 1, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true, proper worship. Don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. For the but grace given me, I say to you, every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Guys, this is the thing. All of a sudden, when we have the church context or what God did in the church, when we have that in context of that, that, that this is no longer about me, then it changes the way I read. How many of you have read that verse before? You know, oh, submit yourself or, or you know, don't give my, my flesh over to this and I shouldn't do that. We all of a sudden, we read that and we, we see it so selfishly through us because we've got the right hat on. You know, I, I don't need to worry about that or I can put that off because it's just about my walk and I'll deal with that when I get there. No. If we see this through the eyes of how the Bible defines the church, then Ryan now no longer sees his role in the body as a selfish role. Like the Bible says, don't think more highly of yourself than you should. Ryan can't look at Eric and go, you know what? I'm not doing this. I don't care how it affects Eric. I don't care how, I don't care how what I put off and what team I'm rooting for. I don't care what that picture says to anybody. I don't care. I don't care. I got the right hat on. We both sit in the same building on Sunday. I don't care. Sorry, it doesn't work like that. 
The Bible says that we should not think more highly of ourselves and that now when I read that and it says I should submit myself and not give myself over, my body over to those things and I should renew. Why? Not just for my sake and Ryan's sake, but for the sake of him being united to him to do what? To be a complete revealer of this. Are you seeing this? So here's what should happen. Here's what's happening. And then the Bible says, and you can put those down, what should begin to happen, I'm just going to put this over you. What should begin to happen is each of us, through the gifting of pastors and teachers and evangelists and iron sharpening iron, we should be coming to the unity of Christ. We should be coming to unity, not just having the lordship of Christ, but in the body, in the body, be wearing the same uniform. Yeah, but I'm living my truth. I'm living, it's not about you anymore. I'm sorry. If you are a true child of God, then a true child of God was ordained to reveal the mystery through the fullness of who he is, and it's no longer about your want-tos and dislikes. Sorry. The Bible says that we should come to the unity of faith. Why? Just so that we all can sound alike and be alike? No. So that Eric and his giftings and his part of the body and Ryan's part of the body and mine can reveal the fullness of that. Are you, are you guys hearing me on this? Like this is a bigger deal than just Sunday morning at 10 a.m. We are ordained to do a powerful work, but it's going to involve us repenting, making sure that, hey, I, why do I need to repent? Because I want to make sure that I'm not misrepresenting Ryan because I'm connected to him in the body. And I'm not going to miss, I'm not going to allow my flesh to get in the way of messing up him trying to reveal God and be confusing to the world. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to submit myself and go, God, please, if there's anything that is wrong in me, not just for my sake, but for the sake of being revealed in you through the ordained beauty of this thing called the church, let it be so. Thanks, guys. You should hug. You guys should hug. I think that you should. Look at that. And there it is. That's the church unified under the body of Christ with cardinal hats ready to go. Does this help anybody? Does this give you a fuller picture of what this whole church thing is about? And why we can't just jump from one to another to another and find some social gathering? No. See yourself as ordained. See yourself as ordained from the beginning to do a job that is greater than you. And you need to be wired to those around you. You need them. I always say this, guys. You see me. I've sent this out in text. I've seen Please, I'm inviting you to church. Don't miss church. Not because of what I'm going to say, but because we need you. I need you. You need me. You, not, to get it, not to get through and make it to the sweet by and by. No, so that we can be unified in the faith over Christ to reveal him. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. Father, I pray that this revelation hits us like a ton of bricks and it changes us and it causes us to repent. It causes us to, 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 to leave selfish ways behind and it causes us to mature up, to begin to look to the left and the right and say, what I do affects them, what I say affects them. And, and, and not just in a social structure, but by, by revealing you and we don't wanna mess that up. Father, help me. Convict me unto life. Convict me to a place where true revival and true revelation can come. 
and you be glorified. Thank you for connecting us all. Thank you for all the giftings in this house that you have wired. Thank you for all the knees and the elbows and the toes and the pinkies and the, and the belly buttons in this place. Thank you for the, even the belly buttons, God. Thank you for all of them, for wiring this thing together and for you being the central focus. Use us for your sake. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Boy, it's a good Sunday, isn't it? It's a good Sunday. Well, stand to your feet, church. Come on, church. Come on. I hope that that word changes. I hope that that word just has a new meaning to you. You have a new role to play. I hope you're excited about it. And I hope you jump in and be a part of it in a greater way than you ever have before. Have an awesome rest of your Sunday, guys. Love you guys. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.